Welcome to the King's Chapel, Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. All right, turn in your Bibles with me to 1 Samuel 18. Uh, we have a few different uh, texts here tonight. Then we're going to go to we're going to go to 1 Samuel 18:20. Then we're going to go to 2 Samuel 3:16 and a few other verses. All right, ready? All right, praise the Lord. Uh, let us see. La, 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 la. 1 Samuel 18:20. Okay. Now Michal, Saul's daughter, loved David, and they told Saul, and the thing pleased him. Amen. Uh, 2 Samuel 3.16 says, uh, just kidding, that's not the right text. 3 verse 20, okay, I love that. Uh, Nope, that's not the right text either. Wow, I think I had um, a problem here. Anyhow, that's good, that works. All right, it's the part where Mikhail is standing in the window and she despises her husband, Amen. That's not, that's not the one. So let's pray. <laughs> when I find it in my, my Bible, I'll, I'll read it to you, okay? Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word, which is a lamp to our feet and a light, upon our, a light upon our path. And I pray tonight, Holy Spirit, that you would give me grace, that you would anoint my lips, that you would help your uh, people, help me to communicate and let your word go deep into the hearts of your people tonight and change us, change us. By the power of your word, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Many typos on the top of my notes, but we'll just ignore those. All right. Well, uh, have you any, I, I, I know I'm not the only person in this place that's ever interacted with a person that you may have known or may know or may not know who is extremely prickly, unkind, and just for no apparent reason is just horrid. Anybody run into those people like in the grocery store or they have a really popular name for those types of people right now? But we're redeeming the name. Amen. The Karen. (laughs) Right? And Karen Crandall and Karen Roman and Karen Wanger and all of the Karens in the house. Karen Hansen. We all say amen. We're redeeming the name. Well, uh, (laughs) I think we should change it to a different name uh, this year. So, you know, I, I, I have always had like a couple immediate reactions. Like, first of all, uh, wow, <laughs> I feel kind of hurt or rejected. And then the second one is like total judgment. Like, wow, you're such a jerk. Sorry, can I say that in here? Uh, you're a jerk. And, and ju- I judge. But after going through some things in life, I realized that how many know that there's a reason that people are the way that they are. There's a, pe- a way. There's a reason why people are the way that they are. And I, I believe, I do believe, uh, I try to believe the best in people. I p- try to believe that people are doing the best that they actually can do with the circumstances that they have. But tonight we're going to take a look at the life of Mikhail. We know her because she is the woman who infamously despised her husband and then became barren. And she's one of those prickly type of people that it's really easy, easy to be like, whoa, what a jerk, and, and pass judgment on. But I uh, venture to say tonight that um, I think there's a reason why 
She is the way that she is. And before you pass judgment on her, I'm going to take a look at her life tonight. We're going to look at four different seasons of her life that she's been through. And we're going to gain understanding. We're going to get truth down in the city of our soul and in the soil of our heart. And we're going to know truth, and it's going to make us free, right? It's only the truth that you actually know that makes you free. So we're going to be uh, uh, talking about that tonight. And whether you're five, whether you're 105 or anywhere in between, man, woman, youth, boy, girl, you're going to get... to hear the word of the Lord and get encouraged tonight. You know, the world that we live in, the circumstances that you might have been born into, the situations in your life and the things that you've dealt with, uh, you know, some the attacks of the enemy. Sometimes the enemy has a plan to cause you to be totally bitter and forfeit what God has for you in your life. But God has a plan for us, right? That's why he sent Jesus. John 10.10. For he uh, came so that we could have life and life to the full. It's one of my, my favorite scriptures there. So the first section of, of Michal's life is, I call it the love, the blessed part. She's, she's in love. And grant me a little liberty tonight, would you? The text doesn't talk a whole bunch about her personality. And actually, a lot of the things that I studied actually paint her to be a total jerk, you know, like this this prissy princess and everything with an attitude problem. But give me a little liberty as I try to paint a picture, uh, the, the Karen Bracken imagination, okay, if you would. I imagine her as this princess. She's living in a palace. She's a princess, the daughter of Saul, and she hears this story about this new war hero. She hears from all the girls and all the women that are gossiping, the servant girls that are talking about this handsome young guy who, uh, you know, killed Goliath. And she pretends like she doesn't really care. She's like, oh, yeah, I'm aloof and everything. But then she runs and gets her cell phone. (laughs) And she pulls up Instagram, and she starts stalking him and looking at all his stuff. And she sees a picture of him with his his bear and his lion that he killed. She sees him with the head of Goliath going, You know, she sees him out there in the field delivering cheese and bread going, well, I'm just here, you know, watching today or something like that. And all of a sudden, she has her brother taking like 75 pictures of her to make sure there's just one that's good so she can post that. And, you know, she's, she's just totally like, oh, my gosh, he's so amazing. Look at David. She's like, it's love at first sight. And one day she's walking around the palace and she walks around the corner and bam, she runs into him and he's carrying his harp. And he's on his way to go play his harp for King Saul, who's tormented because the Lord has left him. And she is, that is it. She's smitten. And she, girlfriend, is in love. Girlfriend's in love. She's like, I'm ready. I'm ready to marry this guy in her mind. You know, he's, it's, she's love at first sight. He's handsome. He's ready. All the girls are swooning over him and talking about him all over everywhere, right? And uh, to her surprise, you know, she has a crush. She's like, oh my gosh, her heart patters. Anybody remember what it's like to have a crush? Only one person back there, one honest person back there. <laughs> I still have a crush. It's been a 24-year-old crush. I still have it today. You can still have a crush on your spouse, just saying. And uh, so she has a crush on this guy. And, and, you know, it's truthfully the desire of every young girl, every woman, I would say, to love and to be loved. 
And of course, uh, Hollywood and movies and all kinds of stuff drastically blow it out of proportion because there's a lot of reality that sets in and we all know what, that real love is not a pitter-patter feeling, although you can have that and it's always wonderful when you do, but it's a commitment, amen? So her daddy, her daddy wasn't real happy about David. And so he, uh, I mean, yeah, he wasn't. He was really irritated. And so if you read in 1 Samuel 18, I got that right. All right, 1 Samuel 18, let's start in verse 1. Or you can hear or see all the things that are taking place there. David comes back from killing Goliath. And, um, and, David, uh, and Saul kept him in the palace. Didn't let him go back to feeding his little sheep. And, uh, and, and as he's coming back, all the girls and the tambourines and the women with their tambourines, the one, all the ones that were like gossiping to, no, I'm just kidding, to Mikhail, just kidding, uh, are saying, oh my gosh, David, Saul has killed his thousands, but David, he's killed his tens of thousands. And Saul is just so annoyed. He's like having a, a pity party and so jealous in the back. Wow. Wow. David has killed his thousands. And me, I mean, I mean, ten thousands, I've only killed a thousand. Arr. And so his heart is very annoyed at, at David. And Jonathan becomes his best friend, gives him his robe, gives him his sword, gives him his belt. Uh, and, and Saul is continuing to get jealous. In fact, in verse uh, 9, if you look there, it says, so Saul, it, it, yeah, he says, so, you know, he's killed, he's, he's killed 10,000s, and to me they have ascribed only 1,000. Only thousands. What more can he have but the kingdom? And so Saul eyed David from that day forward. And it's interesting because it says next in verse 10 there that on the next day, a distressing spirit from God came upon Saul. That next day after he was just like freaking out. Uh, and so in verse 12, it says he was afraid of David. Verse 13, he removes David from him. Uh, him because the Lord is with him and he puts him over thousands and keeps sending him out to battle because he wants to kill him basically. And, but what happens is because God is with him, he just keeps getting better and more and more success. And he goes in and out before the people to fight for Israel and the people love David. And in verse 15, it says, Saul saw his, uh, saw his great success and he stood in fearful awe of David so Saul had to keep his promise to, his, uh, to give the daughter away, right? He had to, remember, he made a promise. Whoever kills Goliath gets my daughter. So he promises Merib, his older daughter, to David. And I'm not going to go into all the details, but basically she's given to somebody else. And then he finds out that Michal loves David. And so he, uh, he thinks, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. This is great. I am going to... Uh, invite him to be my son-in-law and give him a doubt. He has to pay. He has to go and bring me a thousand Philistines foreskins. Okay. So he, he says, okay, I'll, I'll do that. So, and his plan is that let the Philistines kill him off. I'm, I don't want to kill him. He's fully against David. And so what does David do? He goes out and not brings back just a hundred Philistine foreskins, but two hundred Philistine foreskins. I'm not. That just, just freaks me out. I'm sorry when I think about that. What's the big deal about those anyway? I'm sorry. Why are those a gift or a prize or whatever? I don't. Sorry, I, I can't figure that out. And I'm not going to think. I don't try not to think about it too long, but it does freak me out a little bit. 
Anyway, <laughs> Mikal is so excited. Just get that out of your mind, go like this. Okay. All right, we take those ops captive in Jesus' name. All right. Uh, Mikal is so excited because uh, he has gone out, my hero. He's going to fight for me. He's going to fight for me because he wants to be my husband. And so while he's out killing Philistines, she's planning her wedding. She's got her wedding invitations. She got her caterer set up through AAA Soul Food. She, she, um, she ordered a bunch of coffee from The Awakening, and she's got her wedding dress, and she's planning all these things, and she's so excited, and he comes back with those, those um, things. And, um, and they get married, so praise the Lord. It's the dream of her life. She's so excited. All her dreams have come true. She gets to marry the war hero, and now not only is she a... Uh, a, a princess, the daughter of a king, but now she's married to a war hero, uh, the, the most beautiful, handsome knight in shining armor, everything that she could have ever dreamed. Unfortunately, if you know the story, that, that little honeymoon there is very short-lived. Saul continues in his anger, continues throwing spears at David, and it, he ends up just, it says in the text that he raved around the palace and he sends his guards to go get David, and Michal helps him to escape, all right? This is the love portion of her, her life, right? See, the first season of her life. We've got four seasons to go through, and the first one is, is that she's blessed. She's blessed because she's in love, and, uh, and, and she's all fluttery. So little did she know that when she helped David escape, that that would be the last time that she was going to see him very long time. Saul manipulated him, and she probably didn't know, uh, manipulated things. And uh, she, uh, Michal, the thing about her is that she was born into the struggle for the kingdom of Israel. She was a pawn. She was a woman, and she was used by her father, and you'll see in the more who she's used by, as a, as a pawn. She was a pawn. She had things, she had her whole dream stripped away from her, as we'll read here in just a moment. So the next season is that, um, is, is the broken season. And little did she know, like I said, that she should be the last time that she would see him. David is on the run for eight years. Eight years he's on the run. She hears about him in this town, in this area, keep thinking that he's going to come back. Keep thinking. She runs to the window when she hears a commotion outside, thinking that she's, he's coming back to get her. She meets with, he meets with Jonathan in the wilderness. She hears stories about him getting a bunch of priests killed, hears stories about him fighting with the mighty men, and never hears from David, never hears from him. And sometime during that time, uh, can you imagine what that's like? You have a husband. You're desperately in love, and he completely abandons you completely abandons you. That's, that's not cool. That's terrible. It's heartbreaking. I mean, like, if you really think about what happened, it's heartbreaking. You know, um, sometime in the middle of those eight years, her father, her demonized father gives her to another man, and his name is Paltiel. She, you know, I believe that some of you in this place tonight, she, she had her, all of her dreams shattered, and tonight, I believe there's some of you in this place that know what that's like. 
you know, maybe your marriage didn't turn out the way that you wanted it to. I'm not looking at anybody in here, and I'm totally serious at the same time. Maybe, uh, maybe your house got foreclosed on. Maybe your business closed. Maybe uh, you didn't get that job you were expecting. Maybe, maybe you were abused by somebody. Maybe you were abused at the hand of somebody else, somebody that you knew or didn't know. Well, it's the same thing that happened to me, Call. She was used and abused, and now she was given to another man. She was a pawn in a man's world, something be traded, and her controlling and demonized father. Where was her mother? Can I just ask that question? Where was her mother? Why didn't somebody stand up for her? Why didn't somebody make this stop? Nobody stopped him. And many of us have had Saul's and people like Saul in our lives, people in authority over us, people that have hurt us, that have wounded us, that have used us for their own gain, right? And uh, maybe, you know, we, we didn't plan on that happening. Sorry, I got to turn the page. So it's really dry and um, I can't turn my page. Praise the Lord. All right, here we go. Ready? Just kidding. All right, here we go. Uh, so anyway, uh, a lot of different things happen in our lives that can cause us to, to get heart, really heartbroken. I believe that Mikhail was totally heartbroken. And uh, it's, our, it's how we respond in those seasons and that when those difficult things happen that really matter to God that can keep you from getting bitter. This message is called blessed or barren, blessed or barren, you get to choose, blessed or barren. And this is the journey of Michal, Michal to, from being blessed to becoming barren at the very end, right, where it says that, um, oh, and that was my text, where she, she didn't have, she wasn't able to have kids, right? All right, so we have to guard our hearts. The Bible says we have to get rid of all malice, rage, bitterness, envy, keep our hearts with all diligence, because uh, out of it flow the uh, issues of the heart. We cannot allow for bitterness, rejection, unforgiveness, and all of those kinds of things to poison our hearts. We're going to get our hearts poisoned. Hello, we live in a fallen world and difficulties happen. Anybody had something hard or painful happen to them? Two people. All right. Cup, uh, right. It's a part of being in the, uh, it's, it's, it's part of being in a fallen world, right? One day Jesus is going to come back. And he's going to make all things new, and it's going to be amazing, but it's not at this time. So in the meantime, our job here on earth is to keep our hearts, right? All right. Well, the third season that, that, that Mikal enters into is the bitter season. Her heart goes from feeling blessed, being blessed, to being broken, and then going into being bitter. And time goes by. I imagine she's in the house of Paltiel. She's there for a long time, and I imagine that she stops going to the window looking to see if David's coming. She stops thinking about him. She finally lets David go and thinking that he might come fight for her like he did to go get all those things. Her heart gets a little bit better. I, I like to think that her heart got a measure of healing while she's in Paltiel's house. But unfortunately, <laughs> and, and I, I do think that Paltiel was a faithful husband. I'm going to read uh, something cool to you in a second. But he's in the, uh, David's, meanwhile, David's in the wilderness. He gets Abigail as a wife. 
Saul is hunting from him, hunting for him. He meets with Jonathan in the wilderness. He doesn't meet Michal. Who knows? Maybe he thought or found out that she was with Paltiel, and so he didn't call for her. We don't know. That doesn't talk about that. He got Ahinoam as a wife. He fought with his mighty men. Ziklag happens, and then at the age of thirty, he or thirty-three, he becomes the king at Hebron. Hebron, and then at forty, he becomes the king over all of Israel. David becomes the king, and Israel is finally united. And he makes a truce agreement with Abner. And let's read that in 2 Samuel 3.12. It says, And Abner sent messengers to David on his behalf, saying, To whom does the land belong? Make your covenant with me. And behold, my hand shall be with you to bring over all Israel to you. And he said, Good, I'll make a covenant with you. But one thing I require of you, and that is, you will not see my face unless you first bring Michal, Saul's daughter, when you come to see me. That's horrible. <laughs> I'm just saying. I love David, but I think that's terrible. So he sent messengers to Ipposheth, Saul's son, saying, Give me my wife, Michal, for whom I paid the bridal price of a hundred foreskins of the Philistines. And Ipposheth sent, took her from her husband, Paltiel, the son of Laish. But her husband went with her and weeping all the way back to Baharim. And then Abner said, go, it said to him, go and return. And so he left. So 15 years, 15 years after she leaves David, plus or minus, Michal is brought back to David's house. Think about that. That's terrible. I mean, she, she is, loves David. She helps him escape. She lies to her father. He abandons her, basically. David abandons her. She hears all about him. She has to deal with the bitterness of being abandoned and let go and let go of that broken heart that she has. She's given to another man. And now, 15 years later, can you imagine the thoughts that that woman has? Do you think that she might be upset with God? Do you think her faith might have been wounded a little bit? And the reason, I mean, she's bitter. She's gotten bitter. I mean, she's got to be bitter. And you can tell that she is by her response when David brings the ark in. All right? I imagine that she might have even started loving Paltiel. He was a faithful husband. He went after her weeping. And that's the part that got me when I was listening to my Bible reading like eight months ago. And the Lord just started me having dig, dig, dig deeper into that scripture. He went after her weeping, and the Lord whispered to me, do you think there's a reason why she might have been so bitter? She's taken back to David. And then we enter the fourth season of Michal's life, and that's the barren season. King David, the ark, as uh, you can go read it yourself, the ark was taken from the Philistines, and they're bringing it back, and, King, uh, and Uzzah goes out to touch it, because to steady it as it falls. And he becomes crispy crittered on the, on the ground. He dies, right? Because he touches the ark. And so David gets dismayed. And so he sends the ark to Obed-Edom's house. Now David has become king over all of Israel. And the first thing he's doing is he's going to get the ark. So he goes and gets it. And a 20-mile journey, they take st- six steps, and they sacrifice. And it's a 20-mile journey of blood, a trail of blood going all the way, all the way to Jerusalem. And as he comes into 
Jerusalem, it says, uh, he's dancing with all his might, and it says, I've got to get the uh, scripture there, but it says that Michal is standing in the window, and she looks out, and she despises him. That word despise means hate, means hatred. She hated him in her heart. I'm sure she knew the ark was coming back. I'm sure she heard all the people out there clamoring. I'm sure, I, I bet David even said, remember, give me a little liberty here. I bet even David might have mentioned it to her. I'm going to go get the ark. She knew the ark was coming, but her heart was so shut down. Her heart was so broken. Her heart was so bitter that she was not out there with the throng of the people that were celebrating and so excited about the ark of God coming back into Jerusalem. Her whole life had been flipped upside down. Her whole life. She didn't have any love for David anymore. She hated him, and her life was a mess. She had a father wound. Hello, she had a mother wound. She had a husband wound. She had grief over the loss of David. Then she got grieved over the loss of Paltiel. Then she had got taken back to David. She was messed up. I think she had wounded faith. I think her faith in God, she, her heart was so hardened and so broken that she had her, her faith was very wounded and she didn't even believe in God anymore. And I think that's why she wasn't out there. She wasn't out there and a part of the whole thing. Let me give you a, a, a few scriptures about bitterness. Deuteronomy, De, there, this is just a few. Deuteronomy 29:18. They're talking about covenant. God's making covenant with his people. And he says, beware, lest there be among you a man or a woman or a clan or a tribe whose heart is turning away today from our Lord, our God, to serve the gods of those nations. Beware, lest there be among you a root bearing poisonous and bitter fruit. Hebrews 12, 5 says, see to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. In James 3, 14, but if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. And here's one that Jesus encourages us all with, right? It's about forgiveness. Just a friendly reminder, Matthew 18, 21 to 22. Then Peter came and said, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I have to forgive him? And Jesus said, as many as, or he says, as many as seven times. And Jesus said, no, 70 times seven right? 70 times seven. We need to get rid of bitterness in our hearts. Back to the story. So here comes David. He's got the ark. He's dancing like a crazy person. And he comes back and all the people are standing there and he blesses the people. And he basically says, as God blessed Obed-Edom, I pray that all of you would be blessed. That's just the short, very short Pastor Karen version. And he goes and he sends them all to their home, gives them some food and sends them all off to their homes. He goes into his own house because he's going to proclaim the blessing over him, his own house too. And Michal comes down and meets him. And she says to him, let's find that verse. It's so sad. It's so sad. My heart breaks for, my heart feels so sad about her. All right, here. It says in 2 Samuel, verse 6. I mean, excuse me, 6, verse 20. There it is. Then David returned to bless his household, and Michal, the daughter of Saul, not King David's wife, the daughter of Saul, 
came out to meet David and said, how glorious was the king of Israel today, uncovering himself in the eyes of the maids of his servants as one of the base fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. She was so bitter, she rebuked her husband. And we see David's response. You know, David was a man. He wasn't perfect. He was anointed by God for sure, and he's God's anointed, and you don't touch God's anointed. But she, was a, and, and, but she rebuked him. She disrespected her husband. It's so sad. He's imperfect. He's a husband. He came back from war. He came back from this momentous occasion, and there he's met with this bitter woman. Right? He's met with a bitter woman. And he responds by just declaring the greatness of God and saying, you know, God, God be praised. He chose me over your father to accomplish all this stuff. <laughs> How painful for Michal. He shouldn't have his ear anymore. It's hard when a woman loses her husband's ear. That's, it's just, a, it's a, when you disrespect him and there's that cycle of disrespect and that, uh, what is that thing called love and respect? And when that's all broken, that hus- the husband completely shuts down, don't, doesn't, can't even hear his wife anymore. And I believe that he was oblivious. He's just a man. Anointed, yes, but a man. I think he was oblivious of the state of Michal's heart. I think he didn't even think about I don't think he was aware of how crazy in love or whatever she was with him. He was totally oblivious of her needs, and it doesn't show that he tried to make any effort to reconcile or do anything. He just said, bring me my wife back. I haven't seen her for 15 years. Bring her back. Right? So all of these things are true, and the injustices injustices that were done to Mikal were true, and yet God still required her, God required her to be responsible for the condition of her heart in spite of all those injustices. It's crazy. Her bitterness caused her to miss out. She missed out. She wasn't fruitful, so she missed out. She wasn't fruitful. She didn't have kids. It's considered a curse, right? She wasn't fruitful. No purpose, no children, a sign of the curse in their eyes. She lost her, she, she missed out on her marriage and relationship with a husband. You know, the Bible says that the Lord, that, that she had no more children. Could it be, uh, most people, uh, some, Bible, some versions say that the Lord closed her womb, but could it be that she disrespected her husband so badly that he didn't have any more relations with her anymore? And so he just put her in with all the concubines because he didn't need her. Could that be true? There's some folks that talk about that they talk about that so she missed out with with uh children she missed out with a relationship with her husband she missed out with god right i believe that her wounded faith her anger her bitterness um directed at god caused her the the the, the ark the very presence of god was coming into jerusalem the presence of god was coming in and she was completely didn't care was oblivious, bitter. She allowed bitterness in her heart to be the focus. It wasn't about God. Yikes. Her circumstances affected her faith, and she became full of bitterness and unbelief. She allowed, uh, she couldn't celebrate God. She couldn't celebrate what God was doing. The, The ark had been brought back. That's a momentous occasion. She couldn't celebrate She allowed bitterness to cause her not to be able to celebrate and rejoice. And I'm going to say to you today, we don't want to miss God. Don't be a a people who miss God. As I just have been reading and studying about this, it's a very 
kind of thin line between all of those, going from feeling being, you know, feeling or and being blessed to getting brokenhearted. And then bitterness comes in because you start holding grudges and you start nursing and thinking about and rehearsing all that stuff in your minds and your hearts all the time. And pretty soon you're totally bitter. You don't have any peace. When you're bitter, when you're filled with bitterness, you don't have any peace. Anybody notice that? I've had that. I had that in my life. You're constantly rehearsing all that garbage in your brain. You have no peace. Even though the things that were done to Michael... Even though she was a pawn born into that stuff, I'm not trying to make her sound like a victim. She was born into that situation. And some of us have been born into situations. Some of us made situations. Some of us did things. Some of us, you know, whatever. We all have situations in our lives, right? And those things were not right. She had a demonized father, a mother who wasn't, who we didn't see. She was abandoned by David. She was taken away from her new husband and, and, and brought back. Yet God still, again, held her responsible for her heart issues. And like her, there's a lot of people out there, and maybe some of you in this place tonight have gone through things, gone through unmentionable things. Maybe you have been healed mostly, but you still have faint whispers and hints of stuff, bitterness, brokenness. Maybe you have a grudge. Maybe you can't forgive a certain person. Maybe you just kind of stuff it down. You come to church and you put on your happy Christian smiley face, which is great. This is a place of great joy. But God wants to go deep into your heart so that you do not miss God. Hebrews 10.30, you know, we cannot, um, we cannot blame others for the conditions of our heart. It's a fallen world. There's so many injustices in, this place, in, in, in the world, so many wrong things that take place. And Hebrews 10.30 says, For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, and I will repay. And again, it says, The Lord will judge his people. The Lord is the one that avenges those wrong things, those injustices. Don't take those on yourself to pay them back. The only one that pays, that gets, that, that pays for that is you. When you're bitter, you're the one paying for it. It holds you captive. Right? And like I said, one day he's going to come. He's going to make every crooked place straight. He's going to make every wrong right. Minister Micah, would you come to the keys for me, please? Matthew 5, 8 says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. God is coming to Alaska. The presence of God is coming more and more into our church, into our city, into churches, into America, and into the nations of the earth. We are believing for a great outpouring of his spirit. And we... Do not want to be a people that miss God. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.